Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. On tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about the epic 3-3 tie last night against Oakland Roots in a game that was all over the place, had a couple of different comeback moments, but it was a high-scoring one, just as we had predicted, being that Oakland is a team that actually scores a lot and does get scored on a lot, so it made sense why, why we saw all that. But we're glad that it was a tie, and it was a tie that felt like a win, and that makes us really happy, especially when you get it at the very last minute. So lots to talk about in this match. Let's go ahead and introduce our co-hosts, Sharon and Jared. First, let's go all the way over to Elk Grove. How's it going, Sharon? All the way over to Elk Grove. Woo! It's so far away. No, actually, I think I am the closest to Sacramento Republic of all of you, right? Yeah. So all is good. You know, it was. Uh, you said it. You nailed it. I was at the game last night. That last final goal <laughs> certainly made it feel like we won even though we tied, it was such a necessary boost because you could tell how hard we were working. So you're right, it was good. Um, and then there's some other things that happened afterwards. We'll talk about that later in the podcast. Jared, how are you doing? Uh, just trying to stay hydrated and cool in the house uh, here in, uh, in Arizona. If we're looking to be 113 degrees, but nothing in comparison to, to the last uh, minute or so of last night's match. I mean, I was just able to watch it on ESPN plus and I was thinking I might have to take myself over to Banner Estrella with you know with this match just testing my heart how, how are you doing Luis <laughs> Jared did we have to bring out the defibrillator uh given it's a it's a home match I mean it'd, it'd be a per- perfect combination right there right <laughs> oh, that's right heart health park <laughs> and, and podcast Jared ah okay <laughs> Yeah, Luis, how are you doing? Sorry. Uh, it's all good. Uh, I'm doing good, staying out of the heat. Uh, I know I can't complain about the heat when Jared's around because it's a lot hotter over there, and he's actually pretty uh, jealous of our, <laughs> you know, 11, 12, 13 degree less weather over here. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's all good. I'm glad that, you know, yesterday they didn't experience that heat as much. Uh, I know, Sharon, it was a lot a lot cooler and i'm glad because uh, there's nothing worse than when you have to play in 100 degree weather um but really happy like i mentioned before uh, i mean I, I felt like we didn't know what what could happen yesterday and and when you feel like you're so close to losing your unbeaten streak at home it's it's pretty sad because for a quick second i was like please don't let this be the game when when it happens because the worst thing that you can encounter is to have two losses consecutively, right? And especially to get your unbeaten streak at home taken away from you in a game that you could have won, that, that, there's nothing worse yeah. than, than that. So, Yeah, but we're feeling pretty good with the tie, although I know the players and probably Mark were not satisfied with that because they expect themselves to win. Um, you know, they do not expect to lose or tie at home. And, you know, we, we definitely don't want to bring out the acronym Joseph A. Banks or Men's Warehouse 
when we're talking about these matches with Oakland or any anybody else who ties us at home. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we came away with a point. We split points. So that's not so bad. And we're going to talk about the standings a little bit later um, in the podcast to see where we line up and see what that one point does. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that and, and how that's looking here uh, a little bit uh, later on on the podcast. Uh, but first, I want to do an announcement that I mentioned previously on uh, the last episode. And as promised, we now have a website and I'm pleased to announce that we have our website. SacSoccerPod.com. So quick, short, easy, straight to the point. If you share it with anyone, they'll right away know what this website's about. Uh, so one of the great things that you could do on this website, aside from listening to the show there, if you don't want to download an app and listen to it there and then share individual episode pages with people on social media and email and elsewhere, um, is that you can actually now record your thoughts on anything. If you want to ask us questions, if you want to tell us more about what you thought about, say, last night's game, you could do so on there. Uh, you just go on the website, again, sacksoccerpod.com. There is a little microphone icon. If you're on the computer, it'll show up uh, on the bottom right side of your screen. And if you are on your phone, it should be somewhere at the bottom. Once you tap or click on that, depending on where you access our website, it'll actually uh, give you a prompt to start recording. Uh, it might ask you to uh, accept permissions to allow your microphone to record via a browser. Uh, you just accept that. You hit record. You do your recording. We have a limit of 90 seconds on there. Uh, but after you do so, you get a preview so you can check out. If you like your recording, great. Fill out your name. It's optional to put your email on there and then just hit send and we'll get it. Uh, if not, you can actually re-record and there's a button there as well. So uh, feel free to do that. And we may play your recording on a future uh, podcast episode or on one of the town hall live shows uh, as well. So Great nifty feature. I tested it out already and, and it's it's really awesome. So we're trying to get y'all to uh, be on the show and, you know, give us your thoughts on on games and just anything going on uh, with the team as well. So but with that being said, I do want to give another shout out to uh, Ryan and Meeks RV for sponsoring the website. Um, you know, we uh, have a lot of costs that we encourage just doing the podcast in general and getting the website up uh, was uh, a cost as well. So really thankful for him and Meeks RV for making it possible and allowing us to have this really awesome website that will get updated. There's going to be a lot more things that will probably get added in the future, but it's it's a really great place for us to, to have that and uh, be able to share our episodes via another medium aside from just the typical applications as well. So as everyone knows, this is actually episode 94. We're getting so close to episode 100, and we've been talking about it already for a couple of weeks on how we want to do something special for episode 100. And if I time it correctly, episode 100 should be sometime in the first week of August. And we're already planning on uh, a really amazing episode, something we've never done before for that episode. So. If you want to find out when that gets posted, hit that subscribe button and uh, we'll be able to alert you when that happens. But we're really excited and I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy it. It's going to be quite uh, a unique episode that we'll be doing there. All right, let's move on to Golazos of Gratitude. 
And Sharon, I have a feeling that you may want to go last because I think you have a lot, right? I may have one or two. Oh, okay. I just wondered. All right. Well, it's up to you. You can go first then if you want. <laughs> We're going last. Or she's pointing down, but on my screen, I have uh, our, our screens are side to side. So I'm like, oh, no I'm pointing down. at Jared. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Jared, oh. if you want to go. All right. Well, definitely, uh, especially this past week, I got a big uh, glasses of gratitude to Walgreens on 107th Ave and Indian School out here in Avondale. Um, as some of you may have noticed last week, I wasn't really able to get on the episodes because of, of a really nasty summer flu. But, you know, Walgreens folks, they've been, been there to make sure I get uh, medicated, taken care of. And right now I have a lot more energy compared to last weekend. So it's all that's left right now is just a nagging cough. But uh, Walgreens have been in the clutch for, for me. And then also just speaking on that, another uh, glasses of gratitude uh, to Ryan for uh, stepping in when uh, last weekend uh, when I wasn't able to. I mean, it sounded like it, it was a great time on, on that episode. I mean, a lot of a lot of details and also a lot of uh, newbie bloopers. So that's awesome. And then also for him and Meeks RV, once again, like uh, Luis said, uh, for helping to sponsor the website. I mean, it's definitely appreciated. We, we're going to put us much as we can into this. Um, I know Luis is going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting, but, uh, you know, without uh, Ryan and Meeks uh, RV, I mean, probably wouldn't be possible. So thank you once again, but everyone for for that. All right. And I think Sharon's might be going last. So I guess I'll go next. I only have one colossal gratitude. And uh, this goes out to Martha Robinson for actually uh giving me tickets to the game against Birmingham Legion next week. Uh, two tickets. Uh, she wasn't able to go, and she reached out to me to know if I wanted them. And luckily, I hadn't actually bought my tickets yet. And so thank you so much, Martha. I really appreciate it. And it's it's really awesome. Uh, anytime I get to sit in those seats that are actually individual seats, right, from 105 to 108, I believe, is the, the range. And Sharon could correct me if I'm wrong there. Um it's really special to me because uh, I mean, up to this season, I had never actually sat in those seats before. I'd always seen them from afar, but it wasn't in my budget to be able to, uh, to sit there. So, so thank you so much. It's really awesome. And I, I know I'm going to have a blast uh, going to the game. And before that, going to the state fair, as everyone knows, uh, your ticket lets you into the state fair next week. So get there early, everyone, if you're going, because, Parking is going to be a nightmare, as uh, Sharon has mentioned it before. <laughs> hey, Luis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Martha, for, for help. Luis Urbano, our fellow podcast host. It's awesome to see the love that comes out that way. My clauses of gratitude are interesting in that um, it involves Todd Donovan because he has organized a post-game party, essentially, at Pete's Restaurant and Brew House on Arden Way, which is literally right around the corner from the stadium. It's super convenient. It's big. It's huge. Um, it's got a great, a huge bar. It's got kind of like a wraparound bar. Um, the players came last night. I went. Jane Walker and Scott went. There was a bunch of other people that went. It was so fabulous to actually sit there and be able to have conversations because the, the well, yesterday the crowd wasn't too big of fans, but Pretty much all the players had filtered in. They came by, they paid respects to the fans, but, you know, eventually it'll, it'll kind of work its way into something a little bit more, um, I don't know, less 
where, you know, where the fans sit only in one area kind of thing and they stay away from the staff or whatever. It'll, it'll, this is the word I'm looking for. Oh, it'll be more of a mingling atmosphere, I think, down the road. Sorry if I'm like stumbling over all of this because I knew I wanted to say something, but I'm like, I'm a little step and fetch it for the right words. I only got like four hours of sleep last night because of going out. Um, anywho, um, he wants people to start coming to that. He really wants to have that kind of atmosphere that he had when he was a player for San Jose. Um, they would go after every match, everybody, the fans, the front office, you know, people, anybody who wanted to go would go to these restaurants and the players would show up and it ended up, it ended up being like this wonderful home feeling, homey feeling. So I would tell anybody, shout out Todd Donovan, go to Pete's next. I know it's a state fair time. It may be a little zooey, but still go um, and have a, it's going to be a blast. The players were there. That's all I can say. Big shout out to Todd. Another big shout out. And I'm going to do it to Roro for carrying this team always every single match that he plays. He just carries the squad on his back. He designs so many of our plays and I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he sees what he sees, but he's pretty phenomenal. So big shout out to Roro. And that's what I got. Yeah. Well, two really great ones. Uh, Roro, the guy's a legend. I mean, he just keeps building on his uh, legend status each week. And I mean, it just makes us really happy. I, I said it before when he left the second time that he had come back to us. It was really sad, right? Because we hadn't seen him and you know, it, it wasn't as great of a season and it didn't end well with the handball and, and all that thing. But having him come back and, you know, now his third time is third time is a charm, like they say. And, and clearly with Roro, it's it's working out. And, you know, I, I don't know where this is going to end this season. But heck, even if we don't end up being champions of anything this season, I, I think he's already left a, a really great mark. And, and the season, literally, Mark, right? Like Mark Briggs. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> yeah. He's already like left a good impression on everyone. And I'm glad that we're all able to witness him in person because like I always say, two years ago, we weren't able to see him. Or at least those of us who didn't go to the first match, we never saw him in person. <laughs> in person, <laughs> so, right. Since yeah. 2014, 2015, of course, right? But yeah, so. He was amazing. So definitely he's on my list for the Golazes of Gratitude. And there's so many others, you know, that I could have done, but you know, the, definitely the one with um, the, the one with Todd Dunn just amazing what he's, what he's doing and what he's working on and the conversations that he can have now, you know, in a more casual environment when we're all at the, the brew house, it was pretty fabulous. Great casual conversation. He has a lot of dreams, a lot of ideas for, you know, where this is going. And he's very um, collegial in conversation. And it got to go there. You guys, I don't know if you'd be up to it after the game next weekend, but definitely got to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've got to check that out sometime. And I'm glad that the team actually found a spot like that and nearby to the stadium where you don't have to drive too far away from there. And, you know, I don't know if the team is already planning this, but considering the cup game is sold out, I think it'd be nice if anyone who isn't able to get a ticket to go to the game, if they have a watch party there for those people who can't, you know, because you just can't find a ticket. Uh, you know, that's a great, that. 
That's a great idea. I think we need to just say this one word, Connor, if you're listening, that's a great idea. Float that guy. Yeah. And then to add on to it, and this might only be right if we win, could they do something after the game and allow the fans to be on the field and organize like a little post-game party if we do win? And I might be getting too ahead of myself, but I'm just saying like, it'd be nice for them to have these little like plans, right? Hey, in the event that, that this does happen, people just can't just leave and, you know, yes, yeah, celebrate outside. You got to do something on the field and you got the fair around you. Like we don't I have to leave. I would right? say, even if we don't win, seriously, even if we don't win, we still congratulate. I would love to see that. Even if we That's win or true. lose, yeah. it That's would be true. great to have that warm, fuzzy feeling of the fans being close to the players. I mean, the players work hard to get around the stadium and all that, but win or lose, it'd be great to be able to join on the field. Good, good idea. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. You're right. I mean, because it, it might help lift everyone's spirits and, and allow the players to be like, hey, we still have your back. You know, okay, we made it already far. We're pretty happy already where we've come already because this is history in the making. Um but now we have a season and we are doing pretty good. We're on track for playoffs. So, yeah, hopefully. And so, Connor, there's another thing that you guys might want to start working on so we can have a little uh, post-match um, just celebration, whether it's advancing or just uh, appreciating the players for their, their hard work in the cup. All right. Well, let's take a look at, at, at the game. And before we look at all the goals that were scored. I want to hear your guys' overall thoughts uh, on this match. Uh, again, we had a couple of different comeback moments uh, both ways. And so uh, what do you guys think just overall? Give me your thoughts and, and we'll look at the goals afterwards. I'm only quiet because I don't want to go first because I want Jared to go first. I was at the game and I want to know what Jared thought. Well, as it always has been when it comes to the roots of it. Match has always been chippy. I mean, you can tell there was de- definitely not a uh, friendly feeling. It was a hard-fought match. I'm glad that uh, thankfully it was it was a shootout, which it, I technically got partially right given the result, but the score wasn't wasn't right either. But still, these are these are the games you come out to to watch. You know, the, the, the hard the hard fighting for for the goals. You know who wants it more, and just just seeing Roro once again getting the first goal, setting up assists, and especially the the last uh, goal. I mean, the man sold shake and bake like he was uh, working for Walmart or Save Mart or anything like that. I mean, he just shook the defenders uh, like, like nobody's business, and he got that goal set up for Luis uh, for, for Luis Philippe. So. It was definitely an amazing game overall. I kind of wish we had won it, of course, but as is uh, the series between Sacramento and Oakland, it ends up most of the time being a draw, but it was a hard-fought draw. It's funny. I, You know, it, it was a hard-fought fought draw, but one of the things that I noticed being there in person is they um, their number 22, I, I don't re- recollect his name, for a big, tall guy, he had um, excellent... Uh, ball skills. That's Carlson with a K. So I told Tina Carlson that she did not have to change her last name because we didn't like him because he was able to break through and break down um, our our defense uh, pretty handily from time to time. He seemed to get a step on us periodically. And, you know, to, to Jared's point, 
not only was it a little bit chippy, but the, their opportunities seemed to be very glaring and made us very nervous in the stands. We'll put it that way. You know, granted, we had quite a bit of firepower when we were doing when we were on the attack, but it seemed like that they interrupted the play. And I think we're going to talk about some of the stats here in a little bit about ball possession and um, different things like shots on target and ball possession. Um, it it appears as though sh- shots on target and possession, um, Oakland exceeded our abilities that way. Um, passing accuracy was about the same. But when you're at the match and you're seeing the their passing ability and their completion of pass or their creativity up top, it seemed as though they had studied us fairly well. And they, I don't know if they already knew the injury report of not having Connor Donovan, which we don't want him to come back until he's fully ready and ready to come back. But, um, but we capitalized on our opportunities as they did as well. So it was, it was a very interesting game. We did not like watching goals go back in the net in, you know, we did not like watching their goal celebrations because in the first half, as you know, the Tower Bridge Battalion was silent. So there was not that kind of fan noise coming from us, but we were hearing a lot of their fan noise. They brought a whole section worth of people up in, uh, what is it, 120, section 120, and then it spilled over into other parts. And they were incredibly loud and supportive. And so, you know, we felt kind of limited in volume in the first half. The second half, you know, we were full force, full volume. Tower Bridge Battalion joined back in. And um, very interesting situation, you know, even though we went into the halftime into the locker room ahead to one, just the fact that they were able to get a goal on us was not a whole lot of fun. So um, as you can see, (laughs) Mr. Carlson, um, Otar Magnus Carlson scored twice. And I, I think he was one of their more, most dangerous players. They had a lot of people that supported him and it was a very good signing for them to bring him in. I think he's going to make a lot of difference for Oakland down the road and kind of alleviate them of the uh, Joseph A. Banks award of most ties in the league uh, in the conference at this point. Um, so I, I, I think Oakland's on the uptick just the fact that they did tie us at home and we're normally like super strong at home. We win. This game was, was hard. It was hard. That last goal, however, with Roro, oh gosh, as Jared says, more shake and bake than uh, whatever you said. It was, in, it was incredible when we were watching him just literally nuke. Um, was it Madsen? He just nuked the nuking the dude. Just he lost his feet. People are making funny comments about the guy broke his ankles, you know, because you know, you know, he couldn't find his ankles because he lost them when Roro moved on him. Um, anywho, that last goal was such a lifesaver. If that hadn't happened, <laughs> you would have seen a lot of fans just like walking out and just pissed. But after that goal, the whole stadium erupted. The people who remained in their seats to the very end were you know, it's like you were treated to this incredible joyous atmosphere. You can't match that. But at the end of the day, I know our guys wanted more than just a tie. They wanted all three points. So I think they're going to have some work to do. They're still going to sort out their back line when there's no Connor Donovan. Um, Not sure if he's going to be playing. 
on the 16th. But, you know, my goal personally, my goal is to have him ready on the 27th. That is my goal. I don't care what happens ahead of that. Just make sure he's ripe and ready to go. Luis, what are your thoughts? Well, it it was surely an interesting game, right? Like you mentioned, uh, Oakland had the better numbers if we look at the stats, right? A lot more shots, more shots on target. I mean, it was 21 shots of theirs for 14 of ours, 10 shots on target for them, seven for us. Possession-wise, more of the ball, 57%. And I think a part of it was just how highly motivated they were after they tied the game the first time, right? Because if we recall... We do get the 2-1 at the very end of the first half. They had more possession. They had more opportunities. We just happened to, you know, get a good counterattack. And Malik, fortunately, you know, to find it for 2-1. But, you know, when the second half came through, it's as if we hadn't scored that goal. They were still on us. You know, they were still putting pressure and whatnot. And when they finally get that tying goal, they were back on it. And we really didn't see much of the ball. And they had more opportunities on us, right? And then eventually that, of course, led to them uh, getting the 3-2 uh, scoreline. And then after that, you know, it was just us. You know, of course, they were trying to park the bus at that point because they were getting a really valuable win, uh, something that, again, ha- has not happened yet uh, to any away side visiting Hartwell Park. So, that, I mean, that's that would have been a big motivator for them to maintain that win. So... The team just, you know, fell back when those situations happened. But I think in hindsight, it's actually good for us to have gotten through that, right? Because it's almost like we're testing ourselves. Like, okay, if this happens in the future, how could you guys respond to this? And especially at home, right? Because when we play that cup game, we might be falling into the same situation where, hey, they're tying on us. They're winning. They're doing a comeback. How could we respond to that? So it's good for us to see that. We have a team that can actually respond to these situations and that doesn't give up, right? So the very end, last minute, we could still have a good opportunity. So people, if you're going to the game, do not leave early because anything can happen. And we saw that last night. So if anyone did leave early, then, you know, might be a good uh, thing to not do so. Um, so let's take a look at, at the goals that came through. Uh, we got an early goal by... Uh, the legend himself, Rodrigo Lopez, in an interesting play, right? And I got to say, uh, kudos to uh, Douglas Martinez for putting pressure on their defender on that because, you know, he's the one who's right there and he's doing exactly what we want him to see and what we kind of complained about early on in the season where he wasn't running too much and we wanted him, you know, to be putting up pressure up front. Well, he did it here and, you know, I'm sure coach has been a big part in that right? And <laughs> making sure that the guy is is doing his job and not just uh, walking around as he was early on. Uh, but he puts a good pass to Malik Foster, who spots Rodrigo open. Like, oh, he was open, unmarked. And I think maybe understandably so, considering that I'm sure a lot of the Oakland defenders were not expecting their guy to lose the ball <laughs> over there. Um, so it played to our favor. And you, you already know if you let Roro have a shot like that, he's going to score basically all the times, right? When you're so open. Otherwise known as open cup, Douglas Martinez to Roro, open cup. Roro knows how to drift and get open. I mean, come on. He's, he did that in uh, down at LA Galaxy. He, that's mm-hmm. how we got our goal from him. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our Roro. 
Yeah, those two guys have such a good understanding. And if you guys follow them on social media, off the pitch, they're hanging out all the time, right? They're going, they're playing golf. They're like having barbecues together and all that. It's great. It, it's so awesome to see, you know, how great uh, of a friendship they're developing. And it translates onto the pitch too, right? Yeah. That's and and all they needed was Malik just to make sure that the pass got all the way in, you know, after Dougie deflected it. Um, M- Malik had the foresight to make sure the pass got all the way to Roro, you know? So that was awesome. And then, oh I, man, I, I hate I to say this for a second uh, week consecutive again, just as I said last week, but uh, you know, we, we move on to the tying goal for Oakland and this is probably going to be goal of the week. And it's probably going to be goal candidate for goal of the season too. I mean, it, it sucks to say it, but uh, unfortunately it, it happened. And this is one where I think we might have different opinions here um, on this goal, but I am of the opinion here that as much as, yeah, the goal was great. It's a bicycle kick goal. And, you know, those are always pretty admirable. I think he was left unmarked and that's why he did it. And I think it's, it just goes for a lot of the bicycle kick goals where, you know, you're giving the player space, right? Because if you have a defender right there next to him, sure, sometimes they try to do bicycle kicks, but it ends up being a foul, right? That's called on because the player's right there and it gets knocked out. But we had no one there. So not even the possibility of that happening. And that's why I think that this goal it was a mistake, right? What, what would you guys think? So I don't know if you mean a mistake against us, but typically when a player has a back to their back to the goal, the last thing we expect seriously is a bike, a bicycle kick. So because we were probably expecting that player to either lay it off or pass it out wide or turn, we thought we had time. I think our defenders thought that they had time. Um, there was somebody just standing and watching. I think it was Lee. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Um, don't want to, you know, accuse, but all these things happen so fast. Um, but again, when a player has their back, when an attacker has back to the goal, the defenders typically don't expect a bicycle kick. Um, and you're right there. There, we didn't cover him. You know, there, there wasn't, and there was an expectation of him doing something different than what he did. And the fact that he was able to do that maneuver, you can see, you know, all the players put their head down like, dang, I should have expected that. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, after it happens, you're like, ah, oh, that was the one thing I wasn't prepared for. You know, it's like, ah, oh, who, who left their man unmarked? You know, whose zone was that? They were all probably like looking around. And by the way, Danny Videola was oh, no, you pissed thought- off. Oh. And rightly, fully not happy after that goal. He, oh, you could hear him a mile away. You, oh, he was just hot under the collar. And, you know, he is a ginger and there will be a hotter, (laughs) you know, opportunity there. Typically redheads get a little hot, but I'll tell you, rightly so. He was not happy on this goal and the next goal that was scored, Danny. And also when there were other situations where players weren't marking correctly in the box, Danny was trying to correct all of that. You know, he was actually trying to work with the defense to get, you know, some mobility and get some tracking. And I will have to say there were a couple of times we're watching, I don't want to say this. And I really don't want to say this, but I'm gonna Luis Felipe was ball watching. And I don't want to say that because he's normally like a swivel head. He's normally a step right there, but there were times where a, a play was occurring and all of a sudden you saw him like, Oh wait, no, I need to move. And it's like, you got to remember, guys, you got to move without the ball. 
as a defender, it's really important to have that anticipation versus to have something come at you and then you're already three steps behind. And this was a little bit of one of those lack of it. You know, we're still young. We still have young players. They're learning all the different, you know, opportunities that are presented in front of them. So this is a wonderful learning experience. I don't want to say the word wonderful, but it is a good learning experience. And then we got to shake it off and move on. You know, it happened and it was good. It it was good for them. I mean, you see Matt LaGrasa, but nobody could close it. You know, there were a couple guys that tried at the last minute, but it wasn't going to happen. Next, Ariana Grande. Thank you. Next. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so just again, like you said, lessons to learn and, and just make sure that you always mark your man and don't leave anyone that much space there. Uh, but we move on to uh, the goal that we get towards the end of the first half. And again, as I mentioned before, it was a counterattack. It was a, uh, it could have been their goal, right? Like they, they had an interesting opportunity and Danny V had such a great stop, right? I mean, he's, <laughs> it was like an instinctive, let me kick the ball. It's coming my way. I can't reach it, right? So I'm just going to, like, kick it. I just want to know, Sharon, when that happened, how nervous was everyone? Because that it looked like the goal was going to happen. I, I was shocked that he was able to block it because it, it looked like it was a strong shot. Oh, yeah. No. And, okay, so from our vantage point, you know, in Section 105, it looked like it hit the pole and not him. And everybody's like, no, 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 it hit him. Thank goodness they replayed the replay over and over and over. And I think somebody... I don't know if Tina brought up her phone and showed me, no, look, you know, to, to show that it, it, he actually made a kick save. Um, and yeah, we all thought, oh, snap, it's going in. And then the the last minute, like deflection, it was like, no, it didn't go in at all. Um, thought, I thought it was the pole because that was the noise it made. <laughs> it was, I thought, yeah, but and we were so thankful it didn't go in. We were so thankful. They were frustrated. Oh, man, they mm. thought they had a goal. They thought they had that goal. Yeah, so glad it didn't go in. But kick save will take any part of his body as long as he makes a save, if he can. Yeah, uh, and he's had some really crazy saves this season. But this one, you know, just adds to the collection that, that he's had and, and he's been doing good. So our goal, again, it was another opportunity for Oakland. Like, right, we felt like they probably would score against us towards the end of the first half but um, luckily Malik was in the right position and I think also big credits to Duke right for spotting Malik there and not only just clearing the ball away just uh, to nowhere land like usually happens at other times with other teams um, but actually spying him open and knowing that we know Malik as we used to call him last season new car smell is a guy that can run so quick that, man, he ran so quick, he outran Clementa, right? And we know Emra is a guy that can also, you know, uh, step back real quick and be there, but... Yeah, because Emra used to be a striker, you know, in his first, in his early days of playing, yeah. Um, And it's so funny, when you have that much field to cover, right, as a a striker, there's so many opportunities for a defender to, to either run on an angle, cut you off, la, la, la. We have never seen the full potential of Malik. We're starting to see it this season. You know, we just, we never saw just how quick the guy is. The team already always talks about fastest guy on the, on the field is always going to be Malik. You know, he, he beat you in the first step. You don't need three steps. He's first step fast. 
that kind of that kind of fast. And I still want to call it new car smell because this will never get old to me. He's going to have that, you know, new car smell for the rest that, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, it's such, such a treat to watch him play. And we see new things from him all the time. And remember last year with Kamawasa doing the flips whenever he mm. scored, guess who's <laughs> taken over the flipping duties? Yeah. Jared, your thoughts. Oh man, he, he just shot out of a cannon with, with that play. I mean, Duke uh, saw the opportunity, knew where, where it needed to go, and it just fell right at uh, Malik's feet. Off to the races he goes, and he just uh, taps it in, gets that fourth goal. So I have to say, this is actually the, the first goal of the season that I was not physically there for uh, for uh, Malik because he scored his first goal of the of the season in New Jersey, and then of course the two for in, in Monterey. So I'm just glad to see that he's you know finally taking off. And of course he he just nails the Awasa flip. That was the one thing that I was also uh, loving uh, watching out here in Arizona. So he's he's definitely you know getting better and better with each game. Yeah, and I'm glad that he got the opportunity. As I mentioned in the town hall, I wanted him to start because Zico Z Man was not doing good as a starter and so i'm glad coach decided to do that and clearly showed us that hey he's not just a rotation player he can also start and perform just as well so i'm glad that we can now establish him as a guy who could be a starter but we we could take the rotation player label although it is good to have all that speed as a backup as well but yeah it's interesting. I, I like the fact that you're using the word rotation player because we have so many guys on our squad that are equal in caliber and speed. And, you know, they bring each one of them brings something different and wonderful to the, to the team. And so rotation player is a nice way to put it. Thank you for that. But it was funny because when we all saw that Malik was starting, we were sitting talking to ourselves and we were like, oh, I'm not sure about having Malik in the starting lineup. And then all of a sudden he goes and does this. It's like, OK, we're good. You know, we're fine. The, no problem here. Yeah. We move on to their tying goal once again for the 2-2 in, in a really weird goal. I don't think I've ever seen one like it, but um, it, it sucks to say it as well. But I think, you know, that Dan just didn't measure the ball correctly, right? And he ends up, like, headering the post instead of the ball. And I, I don't know. I'm sure Danny B must have been really mad. Because that that was clearly Dan's ball, and it should have been an easy clearance, right? I just think I don't know. What do you guys think happened? Like, did he not like measure it right, or did he think it was gonna go out, or did he think he was gonna get it, or what? What happened? <laughs> I don't think he was tall enough to deal with that ball. It was over his head, even jumping. Seriously, unless he could have like fouled. Um, the Carlson, Carlson, whatever his name is, Magnus, you name this Carlson, um, butchering his name, I forget it. unless he was taller or, or fouled Carlson, there's no way Dan, there's no way Dan could have been tall enough to get that ball. It had the right arc on it that just plopped right over the top of uh, Dan Casey's head. So, you know, that was like one of those, I don't know if that's a, a Danny Videola was sighted and he couldn't see everything going on there, you know, for him to be able to stick a paw out there, you know, and, and throw the ball out because there were a few times he did parry the ball um, in tight situations, but, you know, he was also tracking from one side of the goal to the other. 
And, you know, that's just going to be hard. That's just over the top of, of Dan Casey's head. Seriously. You know, as, as tall as Dan can be, he couldn't be tall enough to get that one unless he handled the ball and he wasn't going to do that. Yeah. It's just over the top of his head. Yeah. It's just, uh, as far as, uh, how it went through, I mean, it's just one of the shots that, you know, unfortunately there's really not a whole lot could be done to, to stop it. I mean, unless you were to say throw your hand in there, which of course would be a, a red card and he'd be kicked out the match. So yeah, there's really not a whole lot that could have been done about this. And unfortunately Oakland was getting a couple goals that, you know, what could really be done uh, as far as this goes against them? It's just un- unfortunate that we had these uh, kind of goals happen. Yeah, and, and I guess, I mean, we, we are kind of seeing it in slow motion as well, right? And it all it all happened really quick and, and whatnot. But I remember at first glance, it just seemed like maybe, I, I guess he could have been like one step behind to get a better view. But I, I mean, I understand it, it all it all happens uh, so quick, but. Yeah, and I'm sure Danny couldn't really do much because Dan was there, so he just assumed, like, he's going to clear the ball out. I'm not going to go there, and then we're going to, like, <laughs> knock into each other, and it'll be a worse uh, situation there. But it, it was just weird. I mean, he, he goes, he ends up, like, hitting the post with his head, and <laughs> it just it, – it was a weird goal, right? And unfortunately, it's one of those things that, could happen if you have a team that is just on you constantly getting all these opportunities. And that's how Oakland came out in the second half. And it just goes to show us, right, that we're going to probably be under that same circumstance against other teams. And we just need to be uh, careful about that. Um, but we move on to the 65th minute where Roro has a really great opportunity. And it, it, it sucks that there is no VAR. I mean, we're going to keep saying it every week and all that. And it's probably never going to happen in USL, unfortunately, but I know this would have been a PK call had there been VAR because even though it wasn't a big reckless uh, tackle, it was still, I mean, it was still relevant enough that it put him out of place. And I, I just don't understand how the referee didn't notice that or the linesman, right. Who might have a better view, not notice that clearly something happened there, right? Because had that guy not actually come through, Roro would have actually finished that one or at least would have had a good opportunity and not be almost falling down when he takes the shot. So it's beyond me why they didn't call this a PK. But but what what did you guys think there at the game, Sharon? So did you guys see when both coaches got yellow carded? Yeah, I saw them. And then this added fuel to the fire. Mark Briggs was livid. When this happened, it was, oh, we all knew watching it live. We all knew that this was, he, he actually got fouled twice. He got ticked by the player going through, you know, on the slide tackle, you can see he gets ticked a little bit, you know, as uh, one of his, his shooting foot got ticked. So he had to take one extra touch and that put him, it slowed him down. Like you said, um, took him off the ball. You can see him kind of stumbling. And then the other guy coming through with, you know, two feet up you know, and taking out his, almost taking out his own keeper. So yeah, that should have been easily a call, easily a call in the box. And the referee was not, didn't favor Sacramento. I will say last night, the referee did not favor Sacramento. However, there was one call that was made 
um, earlier in the match, I'll digress a little bit, where the fourth official had talked to the central, you know, the referee, the fourth official, and came over and had a, a conversation with um, and, and sided with us on a foul. And I don't remember exactly which foul it was, but it was a it was a blatant foul. So I don't know how many yellow cards were issued, but we will definitely take a look at that at the in, in a few moments when we take a look at the match stats. A lot, put it that way. We actually thought Roro was like when he was holding his knee, it's like, oh, shoot. No, not Roro. Please, no. Um, thank goodness he wasn't too injured because we need him. We need him in every match. You know, this is this is a player we cannot lose. We cannot afford to lose Roro. He's that guy. Yeah. In this play, I know, Jared, it seemed like the referee was Melvin Rebus Jr., right? Which for a second, I thought it was Melvin Rebus, but I guess... I had the wrong picture of Melvin. <laughs> yeah, as, as far as that uh, that not non call, I mean that's. I mean, you you already know how I question the referees in this organization. I mean, this is definitely one where I think the uh, ref was probably out of the food truck or or something because there there was contact and it, it did affect the forward motion of you know, getting the goal attempt through and resulted in just having to take an extra step and having it be a misstep. So that's, yeah, there's definitely not, not many calls that went Sacramento's way. I mean, I'm going to put it that way. The ones that were called anyhow. Yeah. And yeah, unfortunately we have to deal with that. Those things happen, but yeah. So that led us on. And I mean, we make a big deal out of it because it, it could have changed this game so much because literally just five minutes after Oakland gets their uh, 3-2 goal, and if, if you're down, that might change a lot of things, right? And it might make the game a whole lot different, but it was still 2-2. They get their opportunity. Um, Formella was subbed in, by the way, and uh, actually, before we go on to the goal, I'm curious to hear, Sharon, how did people, uh, you know, did they applaud Formella, or how did people receive Formella? Um, I think there was a, a question mark, well, why wasn't he starting? You know, because we know what he's capable of and, and you know, it was like it, the people around me, I don't think they saw that he was, I think he was just getting fresh back from Poland. It looked like on his social media that there was a, a big event in Poland for him. Um, I don't know if he did go back or come back or made the trip, but to make a long story short, he did come off the bench. Um, it, it was interesting because I wasn't expecting him to recognize me during the player walkout, but he did. And he gave me like this big fat hug and it was like, well, that's great. You know, it, it was nice for him and Emra to recognize us. And I greeted him with all the friendliness that I possibly could because he is a former Sac Republic player, but there was no booing. And I don't even know that there was any applause when he went on the field, um, except from the Oakland Roots fans. Um, you know, he is playing for the opposite side. And in this case, they're, you know, the it's just like Evan Newton. You know, you're you're mortal enemy number one until after the match. And then once the match was over, then all the friendships came back. But during the match, nope, you're the mortal enemy. And we shall not speak of your name until the game is over. And we saw a perfect example of that with uh, Cameron Iwasa and Emra Clementa last season at the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, postage stamp uh, yes. park at yeah. Livermore? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, who can forget that? That was a pretty, yeah, that was one of the worst things that can happen to you uh, 
as, as a male soccer player on the pitch. I'll leave it yep. at that. Um, yep. So we move on to the goal that Oakland gets uh, again, 70th minute in what could have been a really great stop by Danny V. And I think I, I'm going to say this, and again, it sucks to say it, but I think it was Danny V's mistake because he could have just uh, hit it to a corner. Uh, I mean, just punch it away. Don't punch it right there. Right. I know it, it was a crazy like shot and he wasn't able to maybe really think things through as much, but I, I feel like as a goalkeeper, probably one of the main rules is like, don't leave it there. And I'm sure, right. Again, it was, it was a fast play and we're seeing it here on slow motion. So of course it's, it's a lot different, but I feel like he's got a feeling himself like, yeah, oh, I could have done something different. Right. But what do you guys think? And, and what was the reaction of the crowd? Well, number one, the crowd was in disbelief. Um, you know, first off, we were, we were totally in, in disbelief that our defenders did not come back. Look at how our numbers were. It was a 4v3 situation initially, right? If you look at it, it was almost like a 4v, 4v3. And we were a little bit flat-footed in covering and getting the recovery runs going. They had made just recently a couple of subs prior to that. Uh, Matt LaGrasa had come out. Um, and so we had um, our marking. I will tell you this. If our defenders are not clearly marking, you're going to have guys open. So take a look at that. This is also one of those lessons in they did so good all game long. You know, for the most part, I, I have to stop myself right there because we did watch our players scurry into the box and cover Danny Vidiolo and make sure that he wasn't exposed like this. Nothing that, you know, it's it, the, the initial shot on him was looking like it was kind of like almost an out of the blue kind of a shot. He did what he could. Yeah. he Could he have caught that? We don't know. You know, he was a little bit off-footed and that was the best that he could do. Um, you know, was it a lapse in concentration on him or the defenders or was it a collective learning lesson? I, I think we're learning from this one. You know, I think I think this is another one of those learning ones. But Carlson, he's a cherry picker. You know, I would love to have him on my side at the end of the day, you know, you always want to have guys that are doing things like that to other teams. You want them on your side. Not that I'm advocating for that, not at all, <laughs> but you know, but I mean, come on. He, he, he kind of, he kind of put the punctuation point on them being three, two up, but not for long. Well, actually it was for a long time. It felt like a century <laughs> when, while they were up three, two, it felt like we we're literally going to run out of time. Like we we're going to run off. It just, nobody wanted the game to end because it's like, no, 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 we've got another goal. We've got to score another goal. And as long as that game was going, we were, all of us were, it was nail biting. It was just like, oh, put me in coach. I got to turn this around. <laughs> so thank goodness it didn't end this way. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, he could potentially get signed. If you guys remember. I had asked for uh, Douglas Martinez before he was a sack guy or before we even heard anything about it, right? So <laughs> it could happen, right? Uh, we know that uh, Todd is is looking at, at the guys out there and who's doing good. So could potentially. I mean, that's all they, they took Formella from us, right? So who's to say that we can't also start signing some uh, former Oakland guys? <laughs> um, that would be actually pretty interesting. 
But we go all the way over to the last minute of the match, and y'all know how much we really want to talk about this goal because it was such a great goal, and uh, I really wish I would have been there to witness it because on TV it was just fantastic, and you could just hear the atmosphere, how everything uh, sounded just after that. And as we keep saying it right, the Roro shake and bake, how great is it when your guys are able to to pull those and especially happening at the last minute. It was really awesome. And <laughs> it was really funny. I don't know if you guys saw the, the guy he does the shake and bake on. He almost wanted to grab his leg. If you, if you notice on the replay, he wants to grab his leg. He was so close. Like he was reaching out for him. And I know as a soccer player, that's one of the most embarrassing things that can happen to you is when you get the shake and bake pulled on you, like really one of those things that you just want to foul the guy <laughs> right after. Um, luckily for him, he didn't grab his leg and Roro kept on, kept on going and then just gives just an amazing cross to Luis Felipe, who is like right there unmarked. I was actually kind of shocked he was unmarked, but great for us that, you know, they once again weren't marking the guy, just like Roro wasn't marked on the first goal. And we know that whenever you give Luis Felipe a cross and you know, he's just got to header it more often than not. He's actually going to score because the guy knows how to header balls and he knows that he's going to be there right at the right time. Yeah, it was it was it was amazing. And as we said earlier, you know, the crowd went just berserk um, when this when this goal happened and could, we couldn't have been happier for the tandem there. You know, the Roro setup and then Luis Felipe celebration which I think now Jared has claimed that as the official meme for um, any celebration. Is that correct, Jared? Yeah, pr- pretty much that goal uh, celebration that uh, Luis Felipe has. I mean, that's that's going to be good for celebrating any kind of victory in life. You know, just like a, you got to raise, just go, just go start running, you know, with the hand, hands out and the, and the head up. Just, yeah, just like any, any small victory you get, that's, that's going to be the celebration right there. <laughs> You know, and, and Luis Felipe deserves to have those kind of celebrations. You know, he he has he, he does not really have a chip on his shoulder because he's, I'm sure he's just as happy as can be playing and scoring. But I'll tell you what, it's almost like if he could just have there's one other appendage that he could be like eh, to MLS, you know, the teams that have like not seen his potential the way we've seen his potential it almost he is such a proud man that when he does these celebrations it's kind of like see you see you see this you see this come on come on but he literally was running in front of his squad he was running in front of all of us and you know all the sections on that sideline and you know all for for just he got us all going man that was just phenomenal and it was just like right after that then they blew the whistle and it was like yay we won they lost or sorry <laughs> It, oh, it, it felt like that way. It felt. It felt like oh that. Yeah. You have no idea. It did. It felt like we, I wanted to say they didn't win, and we tied them um, with this fabulous goal. So I mean, the celebration couldn't have been any better, and it was so worthwhile. Oh, can you just cut that little part out? Yeah, we won. They lost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it felt that way. So I think uh, it's you're correct on that because when you try. <sighs> When you tie at the last minute, it typically feels like you win because it is like a loss to the opposition because you were so close yeah. to getting two more points and now you're down to just one. 
So yeah, that's true, huh? But yeah, yeah. The, those Luis Felipe celebrations, we've gotten used to those, and I I can't wait. I hope on the 16th and the 27th we get to witness uh, those celebrations again because they're they're great, right? I mean, it's just like, all right, yeah, I did it. All right, let's let, let's keep on going, right? This is normal, right? We're yeah. professional players. We score goals. That's what we do. Right. We score goals and we have a legend. I mean, we have our very own legend. We have Roro, you know, to to thank for a lot of what happens. So, yeah, especially that setup, man. I mean, God, man's was selling the uh, selling the, the shake and bake, you know, left and right, put him on his, on his butt, fed it over to Luis Fleet, and he just tapped, tapped it in. So, I mean, you got to have, you know, amazing setups like that. And Roro is definitely not a stranger to that. I mean, he, reads the defenders kind of gauges them you know sets them up for that shake and bake boom i mean we could not have had this goal with, without roro's uh setup i mean it's it's not gonna be the first i mean it's not the first and obviously it's not gonna be the last so definitely a great tandem from both well now that we're talking about who i think is man of the match how about we give our man of the match so i'll let you guys you guys know i already picked roro but who do you guys go with Roro, hands down. Roro. Yeah. And it's just really awesome that the guy at his age plays these 90 plus minutes and he's still out there running. He's still out there, you know, doing these shake and bakes and all that. And I'm sure in it's the really 90th inspiring. Minute. Exactly. Yeah. In, the, in the post 90th minute to have the legs. I was talking to Todd about that, that Roro, he's phenomenal. How is he? He's like a unicorn. That's <laughs> He's a, a legendary unicorn. You mm. at that age, he's, I don't know what he does for training. I don't know. I know he eats really right. You know, he eats great food, but my goodness, 90 plus minutes. Who does that? Roro. And we have, um, he's ours. So it's phenomenal. You And with the yeah. accuracy, what? Yeah, that would have been at, at a time in the match where most players have already uh, suffering linguini legs. And, and, and this <laughs> And this man here, I mean, he just digs deep 90 plus minutes into the match, manages to still muster the strength to to shake a defender, I mean to, to bust his ankles like like it was the NBA and get and get the pass in like that. I mean, there's you're not gonna find a lot, a lot of uh, players that like that. I mean, and the fact that we've got one of them, oh man, it's yeah. It's, it's, that's we have definitely a unicorn. Awesome. Jared, yes. he's freaking a unicorn. That's all <laughs> yeah. I can say. He's a unicorn. Yeah, exactly. And plus, I think it's just really awesome to be able to have a guy, and not just any guy, right, but our first historic signing, right? Like, still with the team, being back, and being back as great as ever, right? I feel like I feel like he, his level of play, and you could tell us better, Sharon, since, again, you know, I wasn't able to witness a match um, back in 2014 there in person, but it, doesn't his level of play feel like it's better now than it was back in 2014? You know, he was he was actually pretty solid back then, mm-hmm. but I will say he's he's wiser and he 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 sees things differently. Although he was phenomenal then too. I mean, let's face it, he came through. You know, some of the best soccer. You know, prior to this, it was Chivas. You know, it's just and. He was up in he was up in uh, Portland for a bit. He has actually he's he knows what it takes, and he's just only he's gotten sharper. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that knife, your favorite knife, 
And he is, he will cut you, Mang, you know, if you let him. And he did, he did just that to uh, Oakland, you know, he's gotten sharper and more honed and polished. And um, he was awesome then. And he's just like incredible now. Like I said, he's a unicorn. Who does that? (laughs) Who does this? Yeah. Which is, it's really great, right? Because there's always that uh, thought that oh, as you get older, right, you're not as great unless you're a goalkeeper, right? Goalkeepers complain until they're like 45 or 50. But, you know, if you're just, you know, any other player, normally, you know, once you hit like 33, 34 years old, you know, it's like it's almost that time to start thinking about retirement. But he's on a whole different level where the guy's playing better than ever before that. Heck, if he wants to play until he's 45, I'm okay with that. It looks like, you know, he's he's got a good training going on. And like you said, he probably eats really well. And so it, it's good. And I'm sure it's actually really inspiring to other guys, especially the academy guys, right? And seeing that, you know, he's still at, at a top level and playing the 90 plus minutes and doing these things at, at 35 that, you know, hopefully he's he's letting him know the, the tips and tricks and, you know, how you should lead your career. And, you know, we can have more... Uh, Rodrigo Lopez is in the future, right? We could look 20 years from now and be able to see all these other guys that are still playing (laughs) and not retiring like younger, unless, you know, you're trying to, um, you know, go to your career and do something else, just like some guys have done um, in previous years. But it's so awesome, inspiring story. And it's, it's only getting started. And he just keeps writing all these epic moments and, someone's going to have to like do a whole recollection of all the like amazing moments he's given to us since he started because this season he has plenty of those and we could go back and talk about all those and whatnot. So really happy for him and and for all of us to be able to witness him uh, in his uh, last couple of years in as a player, right in Sacramento. And and I'm glad that, you know, when he retires, it's looking like it's going to happen here in Sacramento might be next year. I think he mentioned that he had a two-year contract. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to give him a big party for retirement and we're all going to be so thankful and recounting all these times here as well. All right. Well, let's take a look at standing wise. Um, how are we looking like with this uh, bonus point and with all the results that happen around the league? Uh, I know for one, Jared is pretty happy as, as all of us are, but maybe more so him because, Phoenix lost against uh, Memphis yesterday, 3-1, and they're just down in the table. He established a really great meme <laughs> that if you guys haven't seen him, go follow him on, on his uh, page at Port Power AZ on Twitter because uh, it's it's a really funny one <laughs> in, in uh, Phoenix there. But we're sitting in seventh place, and you know, it might seem like we fell a couple of positions, but again, those games in hand are still there. <laughs> And we still have a couple more games to catch up with uh, most of the table. But we're sitting at 17 games played, 29 points. Uh, You got above us Los Dos with 20 matches played and 30 points. And then you keep going up. New Mexico is the only team that is closer to us that has 17 games played as well. But they only have one more point than we do. And then El Paso, four more games than we do, just four points away from us. Uh, San Diego with five uh, points more than we do, but two more games. And then Colorado Springs, uh, one more game than we do, and they are seven points above us. And then first place, San Antonio, with the same 17 games played and 40 points. So 11-point differential between us and them. 
uh, with the same games played. So it might seem a little bit far, but if we look at the other teams, we're we're close by. It's not not that far, and we still need to catch up in games and all that. So I think nothing to really worry about right now because even the teams below us, they have more games point-wise. You know, we have them four or five. Uh, six-point differential amongst uh, at least the nearer ones. So not too bad. But again, we can't relax and, and just, you know, uh, depend on on those uh, remaining games that we have to to catch up to them. But things are looking good. Not, not too bad. And we, we scored more goals. So now we have 22 goals in our favor, uh, four goal differential. So we're upping the, the goals in favor. So looking good on, on that end. Yeah, I always like looking at the, uh, the, the, the stats a little bit, you know, just kind of seeing how things are unfolding. Um, one of the things that I want to return to is uh, numbers of yellow cards. Where are we with cautions and, you know, that sort of stuff where, where I know we're fine. You know, we don't have anybody, you know, being silly um, right now. So I was just curious where, where, we, where we stood with those kind of stats. I know that last night we had um, Dan Casey and, and Luis um, Felipe getting yellows. And then on the other side, I think there were two yellows issued as well. Um, lots of lots of fouls, total fouls given, but only four total yellows, which seems to be a lot for me. I'm so glad we didn't get any reds. Um, but overall, league-wise, league, league wise, you know, we always like keeping track. And I know this is part of our um, winner, uh, pod dinner winner but um, we'd like to see how our players are doing with respect to cautions because we have this little internal contest going between uh, Luis Felipe and Matt LaGrasa. <laughs> <laughs> and so far, uh, neither of those have the most uh, yellows cautions on the team. I can get Roro, Roro <laughs> leads the way with that, which is actually kind of, I hate to say it, it's kind of cool, which basically means he's getting involved in all the plays, you know, when, when you start looking at that. So. We're going to take a, a real quick look at um, how that how that is looking as far as um, stats and cautions. So here we go. So, Again, Roro has eight yellow cards. We've got Luis. Ah, oh, yes, Jared, you and I, we may actually achieve a point somewhere in there because it looks like Luis Felipe um, has five yellows. We don't want him getting any more, but in case he does, um, and then we have Dougie has three. And then after that, it's just Jacker, Kecko, and uh, Connor Donovan have some. But um, Matt LaGrasse only has two, whereas um, Luis Felipe has five. So, yeah, maybe we wait this when we get three points each, Jared, <laughs> if we win the yellow card contest. That way we can catch up to Luis. <laughs> Yeah, could see about that working. <laughs> I, I should have said Rodrigo Lopez was going to get more. It should have been Roro or Luis Felipe. <laughs> yeah, no, you pick you pick Matt. I mean, the season is still. You know, we're still have many <laughs> games left in the season. You could technically win this one, uh, Luis, but right now Jared and I stand a good chance of of winning that contest because I mean we we know Luis Felipe. He had so many <laughs> last season. Anyhow. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with not winning this contest, by the way. So just so everyone knows, you know, I, I don't yeah. want Matt to get yellow cards. So right. this is one contest. We just did it just for fun. This one, I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so going going back to our uh, where we are. So um, podcast winner dinner time, and 
anytime I announce it really happy, it's because I gained a point, <laughs> even yeah. though it was a tie. <laughs> so uh, I said Rodrigo Lopez would be scoring the first goal. And thankfully, the legend came through and he scored the first goal. Uh, and, and I always have faith. I pick, I think I've picked Roro the most for first goal scored. So thank you. Thank you, Roro, for <laughs> getting that goal because I got a point and Unofficially, uh, Ryan Strange also got a point because he also mentioned Roro would be scoring first on on the last podcast. So, you know, but just... didn't we say that whatever Ryan Strange picked, that Jared would get that, or did Jared pick <laughs> his own stuff? Darn it! Yeah, I, I picked one one draw, so uh, I was right on the draw, just not the score or the goal scorer. Okay. Yeah, for some time he was he was you know about to get a point right because we were one one uh, for for some time there, so. That, that could have been there too. And also you, Sharon, you said 2-1. So at halftime, all was good for you. I'm sure you were like, all right, hey, if we want to just do this. Yeah, but could I also picked Dougie. And then yeah. and Malik was my backup. But yeah, and then Malik was my backup. He got the second goal. So. Yeah, Malik got yeah. the second. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that puts us at, I have 10 points. And blah, blah, and blah, blah, have... blah, blah, blah. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then you and jared have five points so if you add each other up you get to my 10 points so now now we're at that level right i think last you thought we we were there but yeah so, and like i always say you want to throw in a bonus point i'm okay with that so i don't know when that's gonna happen but i keep bringing it up <laughs> i don't know we may have to tanya harding you okay that was a joke i don't know you're too young to remember that phrase but i think jared knows what i mean oh yeah yeah <laughs> i, I figure up. i think i know what it could mean uh, <laughs> <laughs> um well if you guys are, aren't gonna do a bonus point then we'll we'll keep on the two potential points then for the next game um, think of a way to do a fair bonus point where you where you would not also <laughs> win it so <laughs> jared i can't think of one i don't know if you can but i sure can't hmm. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we could do if there's two goals who scores the second one. Oh <laughs> yeah, and and that's why I said there's nothing that we can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ugh. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 think about something eventually. I think uh, to to do that too as well. Maybe it could be like who if we're maybe it could be who gets to their seat first. And the games that us three of us will be at. Oh, right? so I will always next lose game. that. I will always <laughs> lose that one because I have two seats. I have a regular seat and I have a VIP seat. So which one are you talking about? Uh, the, the regular seat. But what counts yeah. is, is just sitting down. You could sit down quick second, snap a picture. I'm here. Selfie. I'm here. I might see and go, go on your ways. Do whatever you want after that. We could do that, too. There's a point there. We could. Yeah, I, I'm just yeah, I'm just. But Jared likes to tailgate, so he'd lose that one. Yeah, but there's, there's not going to be any tailgate this Saturday or the 27th, given the state fair. Oh, bingo. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, oh, that makes it more interesting then with the state fair. I mean, fair. Uh, unless oh my God, you know, folks, we have to deal with parking. Yeah. Well, unless folks decide to uh, tailgate at the, at the cantina instead or something like that, or you know, hang out there, who knows? You know, they are open ahead of the game. They are, that is the before game and after game spot, the um, Pete's restaurant and brew house. It is pregame and postgame. Yeah. I was also thinking the, um, how you have those, uh, 
exhibit buildings, you know, where you kind of walk that almost circular uh, walkway to get to certain buildings, how at the ground level where they used to have the paddle boats back when it used to be War World USA, uh, they have like this uh, cantina that you can, that can walk into. It's like in the central oh. portion of, of there. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. The almost like a beer garden, but not, they don't call it that. Yeah. I think I know what yeah. you're talking about. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's nice and cool down there and they've got a lot of vegetation. Is that what I'm thinking of? Or am I not? Right. I, I, I think so. I mean, it's mm -hmm. um, like when, when you first come in through the main gate and you see that kind of like, not quite river, but kind of more of a moat. It's, it's around yeah. there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where they hold concerts near there. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll have like some interactive, um, like they'll have like a, either a stand up or like a met talent show or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I've seen a hypnotist there. So yeah, yeah, they do all kinds mm -hmm. of shows there. Yeah. So next Saturday, all us three, we back reunited at a game uh, against Birmingham Legion. Uh, the game starts at 8 p.m. State for time. So we're all really excited for that. So what are you guys predictions for, for that game? 2-1, Sacramento. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to roll my roulette, my red 22. Um, I'm going to keep my 2-1 prediction. Sacramento wins. And my first goal, I'm torn because of the performance we just saw. I'm torn between Malik and Roro. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to have to do Roro. And if he doesn't see the field, then I'm going with Malik, which, you know, I could be like totally wrong. I got to go with Roro. I am going to say 3 1 uh, Republic. Uh, I'm going to go with Malik for my first choice. Uh, if he's not available, I am going to say Emil Cuello. Emil actually tore it up when he got put in, you know, late in the game. He kind of mm -hmm. tore it up out there. He was good, except for his shot that went well over. The VIP section. But oh, yeah, that one. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, that was a that was a first. I think I don't think it's ever gone above VIP above the net there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I actually say the same score as Jared three one as well, and but I see Luis Felipe scoring, and if he's not available, then I see Keiko now that he's back in the goal. So. All right. Okay interesting predictions and we shall see which one right. of us gets it too we each pick somebody different this time watch it'll be dougie or luther <laughs> <laughs> yeah it always happens or right? it's like whoever we don't pick it's it's well, except them. for you <laughs> but yeah sometimes i get lucky and i get the first goal score but i think i've gotten more points thanks to the score than first goal score but all right yeah and i don't know what's more difficult first goal score or prediction I think they're both equally, equally they're both challenging. Equally, yeah, it's like it's just a crapshoot, really, <laughs> at the end of the day. All right. So that brings us to the USL Unsolved Mysteries. And I don't know if it's going to involve the refereeing last night, but I'm excited to hear what our friend has to say. Well, it does involve a referee, just not one that was working in Sacramento last night. Uh, last night, I was looking through some of the USL Twitter, you know, fans and everything like that. Uh, apparently, there was the match uh, that was happening with uh, San Diego 
uh, they ended up getting uh, smoked uh, at least five zero, uh, five zero. And as far as the uh, results go, there was a, a Twitter user uh, goes by the name uh, Corbin Williams, which which shows as at Corbin Williams underscore. I uh, was sta- stating uh, this, and, and I quote his tweet: "Hey, pro referees, USL Championship." How about not assigning San Diego Loyal a center referee who is a Phoenix, Arizona native and has interacted with Phoenix Rising content on social media? This officiating is ridiculous, and the referee is a fan of Loyal's biggest rivals. And then he goes on uh, in later on the thread, pointing out where the referee had liked a story about Phoenix Rising, possibly... Uh, actually, this was from... A year ago, it says Phoenix Rising FC is set to move into the new home at Wildhearts Pass for next season. So this was a while ago, but this Corbin Williams person seems to think that uh, referees have it out for San Diego, even though it's for not even a team that's playing them at the moment. Uh, basically, this guy is just grabbing straws as far as why his t- his team lost five nothing. I mean, it's one thing if it was one goal difference or two goal difference, as we've experienced, where uh, one bad call has resulted in us losing by one. But you're losing five to nothing. It's going to be something a little bit more than the referees causing this. Like maybe your team is not quite catching everything they should be. So as far as where this guy is digging up this mystery from, he is just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like he took Billy May's uh, gopher uh, grabber tool and just decided, hey, maybe this will work for getting us uh, a win and and then a loss taken care of. No, no. I mean, I'm sure even Rick Chance is probably saying this guy uh, might want to take the foil hat off uh, once in a while. So I don't know what this guy is reaching for, but it's there's going to be times where you teams lose by multiple goals. I mean, five goals. Okay, I mean, I don't think we've really gone through anything that bad, but the referees are not going to do anything as far as five nothing loss. A, a one goal or two goal loss, that's one thing, but just take the L. I mean, how, how often has San Diego lost this year? Not a whole lot. I mean, granted, it's against L- LA Galaxy 2, and San Diego uh, Loyal ended up getting the red card, but this dude is just grabbing. I mean... What is he trying to grab for? Because it ain't there. Very interesting, Jared. Very interesting that you would find this one. You do do a lot of research. Really appreciate the research that you do. That's a that's an interesting one. But you know, he's definitely got a he's got a point. But it's the a little bit of a conspiracy thing going on. Interesting. I like the part where he says, "I here are the receipts," which basically is the what he thinks is the truth behind everything very interesting yeah and, and we do know that san diego and phoenix have their own history right so that oh there, there, there is you know that doesn't that doesn't help it as much too but i mean i'm actually shocked that a referee interacts with uh team content right because i feel like that's referee 101 don't show any like bias right at <laughs> all because who are we to know this this guy might get a, a game where phoenix is involved and then that just, you know, that just calls for speculations on what could happen if that does happen. And all the referees are eligible to, I feel like they're eligible to referee any match uh, unless, you know, it's like a hometown team of sorts, I'm sure. But 
other than that, he could be at the next Phoenix Sacramento game and we wouldn't even know this too. So I, I got to say, even though he might just be digging for all that, it's good to know that this guy is associated with them or has interacted with them because we'll be on the lookout now, right? <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, now that he's called it upon uh, uh, their attention, he'll likely not get assigned a game where, where Phoenix is there. And they'll probably also um, let him know, like, hey, just don't interact with this because there's people that can actually see this. And he grabbed it from LinkedIn. And yeah, anytime you're on LinkedIn, just for, so everyone knows, if you interact with something, people on your feed who are connected with you can actually see that. So, you know, might want to watch out what you interact with if you're on, on there, especially if you're a referee. <laughs> Don't be liking team posts as well. Uh, but great, great U.S. Unsolved Mystery, Jared. Um, as Sharon mentioned, that's uh, some research you did there, too. I wasn't aware of that. And uh, yeah, that was a crazy game. We saw the score. We were looking at it yesterday and how bad it was getting where it got to 5-0 but I mean all in all those things happen and you know I wasn't able to see all the red cards uh, occurred and, and the penalty that they got but one last thing before uh, we close it out tonight um, I mentioned it last week I didn't go too much into detail but we are actually going to be uh, special guests and this is the first time that this is happening to us where we get to visit another podcast from another club um, but we will be special guests on the Birmingham Legion podcast show called uh, Hammering Down. And it's actually hosted by Kaylor Hodges. So shout out to Kaylor for inviting us to be on there to talk about uh, Sac Republic and what the Birmingham fans can expect from us. And so uh, it'll be really interesting to uh, be on there. And also we're going to have our town hall live show on Friday. July 15th at 6.30 p.m., a little bit earlier start time so Jared can be on as uh, much as he's able to since he's got an early flight uh, up to Sacramento on Saturday. So uh, we'll be previewing this Saturday's game against Birmingham Legion and might have Kaylor actually join us there as well. So everyone who might miss that podcast can actually listen to uh, his thoughts on Birmingham and uh, how they'll be like and what we can expect from them on Saturday. So. Should be a good one as well. Okay, Jared, Sharon, any last final words before we uh, end the show tonight? As always, go Republic. And if you have questions, drop them in. Let us know. If you want something on the podcast that's different, just let us know and let your friends know about our podcast. Um, oh, one last thing. Hugo, thank you so much for being a friend of the podcast. You recognize me at. Uh, Pete's last night and I gave you a podcast scarf and I appreciate the fact that you recognize who your podcasters are and the great praise that you gave to Luis, myself and Jared for being the host of the podcast. Really appreciate that. So thanks Hugo and to everybody else who also listens to the podcast. You guys are right on. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing more of y'all on Saturday, whether it be at the state fair or the, uh, the match itself. And I'm seriously think, thinking about hitting up pizza after, after the match as well. So I'm going to try to bring stickers as I can. Uh, it'd be great to see everybody that supports the podcast out there. If you can make it for Saturday, great. If not, just uh, tune in as you can for the town hall live this, fr this Friday. And then, of course, the uh, post-match uh, podcast once we get that up and going. Yeah, and, and I join you in the in the thanks there to to Hugo, uh, Sharon, and 
I think just in general, I always say it and, you know, to all of our listeners, we really appreciate it. Anytime you uh, uh, just talk to us about a show or just chat with us about Soccer Republic or just soccer in general, it really means a lot to us. And, you know, there's been plenty of podcast friends that I know here myself and Sharon and Jared, we didn't know before the show. And then we got to meet thanks to the show. So we really like those moments, especially when you approach us and we have no idea who you are, but you let us know that you listen to the show and it, it makes our day. I mean, it's it's that big to us because well, we're doing this thanks to your support. And, you know, we're, we're out here trying to make sure that Psych Republic still has a fan based podcast that still goes on uh, regardless of what happens, regardless of whether MLS happens or not. We will still continue to be here. So uh, we, we really appreciate everyone's support. One final reminder, uh, sacksoccerpod.com is our new website. And as Sharon mentioned, if you have any comments, anything you want to let us know, uh, hit that uh, mic icon on the screen on the homepage, and it'll actually uh, send you to a recording tool where you can give us your thoughts and and whatnot. So if you want to do that, if we get any, we'll probably play some of them on the live show uh, that we'll do on Friday. So if you want to give us your thoughts on Saturday's match, maybe a prediction as well, or just give us a shout out, then feel free to do so on there. Uh, And then anything else we get post uh, live show, we'll play on the next podcast. So feel free to uh, use that recording and we may be uh, playing it on a future show. All right, everyone, as always, have a great night and we'll see you this Friday at our town hall live show and go Republic. Cue the music. You didn't say cue music. I was waiting for you to say it. That's why oh. <laughs> you like to say it. I'm too just saying it. I'm waiting. It's like he didn't say it. Okay. Yeah, you, you were the original one to say cue the music. So I'm like, wait, I, I should allow you to. You're the one who came up with that. So. Also wanted to make the announcement, as y'all know, this is episode 95 that we're currently recording. Wait, no. I think I'm mixing it up again. One quick second. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. I just just gave everyone another blooper moment there. Um, <laughs> let me backtrack. Can you hear the beeping in the background at all? No, I think there's beeping Wait. over here on my side, but it's Wait. it's like outside here. No, no, no. Yeah, go again. It's in my house. It's, it's my washer just finished, and it's beeping, and it's gonna beep while I talk. <laughs> I just want to make sure. If you can't pick it up, I'll ignore it. You didn't hear it? I Nobody can't hear anything. Beeping. No, Excellent. I didn't hear it. Cool, 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 cool. I'll keep going and I'll just ignore <laughs> the beeping washing machine. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, Pete's Pizza and, well, I don't think it's called Pete's Pizza. I think it's just called Pete's uh, Grill and Tap uh, Brew House. Guys, help me out. Help me out. I think it's Pete's Brew House and Grill or Pete's Grill and Brew House. Pete's Restaurant and Brew House. Okay, thank you. And I can't, I can't pay any attention because the damn beeping in the background. I can't get this straight.